Hello and welcome back to Baseball Night. I'm your host Tom Brown, joined as always by my brother Jack. And Jack, how are you? It's been, God, it's been like two weeks. Yeah, two weeks into a very young MLB season and I am doing great, raring to go. Good, 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 good. Um, so, yeah, the Red Sox have played 13 games, I believe. 14? Mm-hmm. Um, 13 right now. Yeah, and, and they are seven and six and seven. Six and seven. Uh, not great, but not no. terrible. I mean, Yankees and the Blue Jays were involved there. Two good teams. Yep. Um, so let's start with those Red Sox, Jackie. And this is something me and Tim did over on the uh, Never Wears podcast early mm-hmm. on in the Patriots season. Because it's like, I don't know, tough to tell. Really yeah, you're still there's some trends early. out there. There's some things going on. You don't know what's going to stick around. Yeah, so first things first, what have you liked thus far? Um you know, unfortunately, two players. I have liked Garrett Whitlock and how he's pitched and I've liked the way Rafael Devers has swung the bat. There are things that I've liked to a lesser extent. Um I like how um Bogarts is starting to pick it up over the last week. But other than that, um, this looks every bit of a 500 baseball team. And that frightens me. Yeah. Um, so I am in agree with, agreement with you there. So I wrote the usual suspects for what I've liked. And it was Devers, Bogarts, Verdugo. Yeah. Verdugo's had some early pop too. Yep. So right now those three are, you know, they're keeping them even afloat. Even at the end of the game today where Gosman destroyed them Mm -hmm. in the uh, ninth inning, they kind of gave some life to the team. Bogarts had a double that brought in a run. Yeah, Trevor Story batted at the top of the lineup today, and I don't hate that. I don't either. So I wrote also that you can tell Story is a really good fielder. (laughs) And I think his bat is going to – I don't know. He does – you can tell – you can also tell he strikes out a lot just by the way he swings. But I think he only had 11 – spring at bats that's what everyone you know that's been the story so pun intended huh pun intended oh yeah i didn't even realize i did that (laughs) uh then the other thing i wrote also was whitlock so whitlock right now is one to know with a 1.42 era uh i think it's jack you might not be updated yet i think it's lower after that save he had the other night, I think it's under one. Is that right? I think it's .93. Hmm. Regardless um, of the numbers here, you are right. It's .93. Um, 9.2 innings pitched with 11 strikeouts. Um, he's just really growing into a great pitcher. Yeah, I, I, I really hope that funky play, which was yeah, I said this in a text, which was an incredible play by him. Yeah, but um, you're right, it was impossible. I hope he didn't ding up. I feel like it was just like awkward and it scrape your knee and it just sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, big bruise, big cut. Hopefully that was it because, like I said in the, in the response to that text, is I really hope he didn't just gut out that last out to get off right. the field. Um, and then get into the dugout and say something's wrong with my knee. Yeah. Cause it was so strange the way he went down. I don't know if he went down or he misjudged where the bag was, but it looked scary. And he, and again, I like, I could tell, uh, I mean, there's some news to touch on about Cora too, but I could tell when Cora came out of the dugout that he was, um, 
he looked real worried because I think Cora knows, oh, this is the only guy we have. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, I mean, having said that, with the only guy they have, Hulk had a pretty nice start his last time out as well, too. And today. Mm -hmm. And today he played well. He pitched well. Um, But, yeah, you said 9.2 innings pitched with 11 strikeouts. So, I mean, the the quick math that I didn't do in my head that I looked up is his – he's striking out 10 per nine right now, which is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And then I know it's early. But right now he has stranded 100% of the runners that have been on base. Any but runner that gets on base has been stranded. His only run he gave up was a Yankee Stadium DJ LeMahieu home run mm-hmm. where it's out of one stadium, and it was Yankee Stadium. Yeah. And it was a blown save, and it sucked. And it was so unexpected opening day because he was dealing. Yeah. The other thing... I want to say about him is so far by appearance, he has thrown 38, 39, 30, and 12 pitches. So the 12 pitch was that you're going in for the ninth, get us a save. And it was 12 pitches, but Mm -hmm. he's been doing the fireman role the rest of the time. Yeah. I think that's because he still projects as a starter. So the 10 K's per nine innings is serious elite stuff. If he transitions into a starter next year, like everybody's kind of projecting, he will. That would, that'd be fantastic. Or, I don't know, we, we can touch upon this in the next segment, but maybe sooner this year than. Yeah, okay. Than, well, then segue, segue right year. into it. <laughs> um, What have you not liked? Mainly it's been the pitching outside of uh, the last two Tanner Houck appearances and Garrett Whitlock. Um it seems like every every guy they trot out there every fifth day is struggling to get through three innings, um, and they de- I don't think any of them have close to their good stuff, and that's not saying that necessarily any of their good stuff is to be the top of the line for a division front runner, um, rotate top of the line of a rotation for a division front runner. I um. I'm real nervous about their pitching staff. We were nervous about it going in. It has done absolutely nothing to slow those nerves down. Uh, when they get a lead, it seems like holding it is a is a real hard thing to do. And um, I mean, we can. Then another thing, just tack on, is they're not driving in runs. They're leaving runners in scoring position. So they're having problems scoring runs and they're having problems keeping leads when they do score those runs a real bad mix uh in the first month of the year yes so i um i wrote down basically the starting pitching but that's because that i guess it could be expanded to being pretty much everyone that's not one of the usual su- usual suspects except Diekman and Strom have looked all right. At times. And Hansel Robles, I don't know, some ridiculous stat they said on the broadcast the other night that they he's like the most, he's improved the most or something. He's the highest rated improvement. I don't know what the hell the stat was. Mm. But like Joe Kelly before him, the torch has been passed at the most hittable 100 miles an hour. Yeah, some he guys is. have an unhittable 100 miles an hour. As I mean, everyone else, as of right now, Hansel Robles uh, has five innings pitched with no earned runs and a save with five strikeouts. I mean, he's he's having a good start. However, he is not one of the guys I look at and say, oh, yeah, lockdown. Right. He also has an 11% walk rate, which is just not great if you're going to have a late-inning guy walking people. But I don't know. You throw 100 miles an hour, how the hell do you know where it's going to go? Uh, yeah. But to continue The Eric effect. Yes. What we didn't like in the starting pitching. Um, I'm going to I'm going to touch on Pavetta in the next se- segment, so I'll I'll wait on him. Okay. But 
Waka and Rich Hill. Whew. And so, honestly, like, Pavetta's in this too, but I have points to make on the, in a little bit. But I don't – Jack, again, this a lot of stuff we hash out off camera, off microphone in group text, and it's – I don't like my major league starter throwing the ball – topping out at 88. And then by the th- third inning, that's 86. Yeah, it's 86, and um... – Rich Hill's secondary stuff isn't far away from 86. So it kind of looks the same. And he's certainly not putting it anywhere that anybody in the major leagues would say, I'll spit on that because it's over the plate and it's just getting wasted. And that's exactly what's happening to Nick Pavetta as well, too. I know you're going to talk about him later, but Nick Nick Pavetta is not missing anybody's bat right now at all. No. And then... And Michael Walker is who we thought he was. <laughs> right. I did get reminded by the um, latest moments that were added to MLB The Show that James Paxton is there. He's out there. <laughs> and also, even though we're both down on him, Chris Sale is out there. Mm-hmm. So if you're taking Rich Hill out of the lineup, the rotation, you're adding Whitlock, Paxton, or Chris Sale, and same with Waka. Now I'm like, okay. Yeah, I don't know that Waka will ever get the velocity back when he came up in uh, 2013 and he was throwing high 90s and 100 for like 60, 70 pitches a game. However, if he could transition into the bullpen and just give you 25 pitches of some real balls out stuff, that's probably the role for Mike Waka. It's definitely not trying to tough out a, a full quality start. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think. Let's see. He. He honestly hasn't even been terrible. It's just like you're watching him and you're like, I don't, eh. eventually this is. You're just going to regress back to the mean. I mean, if you're. ERA the last three years has been 5.05, 6.62, and 4.76. This .96 that you have right now probably isn't going to keep up, mm-hmm. having given given up no home runs, but also no decisions. He's not going into games. He's not going far into games. No. I I understand the numbers when you look at him right now don't look terrible, but let's see. I just pulled it up. Five innings pitch and 4.1. And he's faced 17 and 18 batters. So it's like as soon as they get to that third time around the order, it's like, see you later. Yeah. And which, again, um, has been happening, you know, luckily for him later in the fourth or fifth, sixth inning of the game. But when he's off, those batters are going to come quick and they're going to burn right through that order within three innings. And now you're into a bullpen in the fourth inning of a game, you know, and it's probably going to be against Tampa Bay or the Yankees or the Blue Jays who just have too many bats. Yeah. Yeah. And then everyone in the lineup except Verdugo Bogart's endeavors right now. J.D. Martinez was decent. He was fine, but I don't know. He heard his abductor. Abductor, yeah. one of them. He was um, – I don't know if he's waiting to warm up or what. He is. He is hitting the ball – like he has not looked at any kind of power number whatsoever. He is slapping that thing all over the field, which is fine. Set your hands for the season, but any kind of power production would be great from the four spot. Yeah. Verdugo in it today, which was interesting. Bogart. And again, I think, yeah, that's just, that's Cora or in this case, Will Venable trying to, it's still Cora but just right. trying to pick um, something to, to fill Martinez's being out. Um, which again, I don't know. That's a, he, I don't think he's done much in the last half of the last year. Um, he's had some pretty good contact numbers early, but I don't, I don't think that, you know, Travis Shaw is a guy who can come in and just step in and fill that hole. Uh, Cause you know, as, as, I guess frustrated as I am that he's not hitting for any power in the first three weeks of the season, he is re- having really good J.D. Martinez style at bats. So, 
not trying to dump on him for that. Yeah. Now, what about a little speculation time? Okay. If you, if JD Martinez does go to the IL, people are dinged up. Travis Shaw hasn't hit at all. Like, no hits in spring training and uh, the season thus far. Yeah, neither is Bobby Dalback because I know exactly where you're going. Right there is a sweet swinging left-handed first baseman. Yeah. Who is currently probably about 25 minutes away from you right now, Jack. That's probably closer. Um, But, yeah, no, Tristan Casas has been hammering the ball in the first three weeks of AAA. Um, I don't know what more you need to see out of Bobby Dahlbeck to tell you that Bobby Dahlbeck isn't what you thought he was going to be when he was in AAA or even in spring training last year. For a so guy he, who had a hot September, boy, is he dining out on that right now. He's hitting 175. His on-base percentage is 250. He's not even seeing the ball well enough to have an on-base percentage 100 points higher than his average, which is league average at minimum. And, I mean, he's been playing a better first base this year. But, my goodness, what, do you ha- what more do you have to see? Occasional power at 200? Is that... Is that really the what we can top out at at Boston Red Sox first base? Give bring him up. Got to bring him up, Tom. Yeah. Um I I was I like saw... this with Duran last year too. I think they waited too long for Duran and he got unhot in AAA. And that and he also might not have been ready for the major leagues when he came up, but my goodness, get what the worst part is, you send him back down and just develop a little more man you get him up there because right now they're looking at a team like we said earlier that can't bring any runners in scoring position in it seems like very few and far between they had what one game that they scored eight runs i think six six or eight runs yeah but other than that they're squeaking out their wins when they get them yeah, not, I besides today, Gosman today, they're not really facing some top tier pitching. Um, that good from the Twins, shut him down. Uh, Bobby Dahlbeck has not. He has seen, and I think it changed today. Might have seen a, one or two more. He has seen eight curveballs coming in, eight breaking balls coming in today because he hit. Something like six slugged six twenty or something on him last year, so what that tells me is people watched video on him and said he he can't hit the ball if you throw it over ninety five miles an hour. And in baseball today, Jack, you have to be able to hit ninety five because unless you're Rich Hill, you're throwing about that speed. Yeah. Which just let's let's tie a bow on Rich Hill. I just looked him up on Baseball Savant just to be extra sure he is in the 20th percentile in k's or k percentage which is not great and he is in the fifth percentile jack fifth for whiff rate so when they Mm. swing they're not missing nope they are not missing woof um well i mean you know that's Unfortunately, something you can watch by watching or something you can see by watching a Rich Hill game because he's just lobbing it up there. So we have discussed some things going on right now. What would you say you're most concerned about that will be a trend that continues? The starting pitching, because I don't think that they're not going to score runs all year. I think their offense is too good. And I think once Trevor Story runs on a hot streak, they'll be all right. And um, again, I think that keeping him towards the top of the lineup is probably a better idea than batting him sixth. Um, But I don't know that without Sale coming back and making a, a huge impact, and I'm not talking about just having a good year. I'm talking about a huge Chris sale, Cy Young type impact. Then their starting rotation is in very poor shape. 
for the remaining five months of this year. Yeah, especially when, I don't know, when things warm up. Balls aren't carrying right now. Vladimir Guerrero hit one, I think the stat cast reading was 6,000 miles an hour today. And it just like <laughs> dropped because Arroyo's not a great right fielder and it was awkward and everything, but it should have been over the bullpen. But, okay, yeah. So just to put tra- a pin in what you said right there, Christian Arroyo is not just a good, not a good right fielder. He's not a right fielder. Yeah. Which, JBJ in the field, I don't like his bat, but my God, when you watch him field, you're like, he j- he knows oh, where it's going to land. He's a natural, yeah. Oh, my God. So, if he, if Kike wasn't struggling mightily and he was in center and JBJ was in right, that ball would have been caught. So, yeah, like you said, he's just not a right fielder. Great, great guy to spell all the infield positions. Sure. But the trends, there are two. And you touched on one, and I mentioned him earlier, Nick Pavetta. <laughs> he had a good year last year. I wasn't upset about it. Solid, solid year. He let up 24 home runs last year. He has given up four thus far. He's made three starts. Jack, his fly ball to home run ratio is 26%. One out of every four fly ball he gives up goes out of the park. It's It's a dinger. Yeah, he's really no, it's not good. He's um, he does not have a breaking ball that is moving through the strike zone anymore. He used to have that big, heavy curveball that used to protect his 88 mile an hour gas, but he just it's just either he doesn't have it this year anymore or it's not there yet because it is dropping about six inches from the letters to the belt and it's getting crushed. I, every time, every time he, it seems he throws a breaking ball, he's getting it hit hard somewhere, and he can't offset it because he has. Oh wait, I'm thinking of Rich Hill. Excuse me. Yeah, I was gonna but say Pavetta, he throws pretty hard. Yeah, Pavetta, uh, Pavetta is his still his breaking ball is not moving at all. The larger point is there is that he's been throwing his breaking ball and it's been getting crushed. Right. I'm trying to see. Anyways, I was just trying to find his – okay, so his percentile rate – this is insane. He's in the fourth percentile in average ex- exit velocity, Ooh. eighth percentile in hard hit percentage, seventh percentile in barrel rate, and second percentile in slugging – expected slugging. When he's throwing pitches, they're getting hit, and they're getting hit fucking hard every time. Seems like all over the uh, the ball field. Yes. Um, God, I didn't expect it that bad when I just looked that up. I did. Uh, unfo- I've, I mean, he's made what? Two starts this year? Three. Three? Has he made his there? All right. Um, didn't he? Yeah. Three starts, four home I runs. I thought, yeah. And he's not made it out of the fourth or fifth inning in either one. Um, the, the other thing, like them being comically bad and giving up those smash lasers that you keep talking about is one mm-hmm. thing, but they're destroying their bullpen for the entire season by not, by having to have, I mean, most guys in the bullpen are, are working more than one inning. There's been, it's been a very rare occasion where a guy has come in and only done one inning. Um, Robles worked two the other night. Uh, Whitlock, you've said, has worked, you know, multiple mid 30s, high 30 pitch counts. Like, Core is getting his use out of the bullpen because he has to. And that's, that's certainly scary if we're eating all these bullpen innings in April and May, uh, before everybody's skinny ass savior comes back. My God, Jack, that you should see this spray chart. <laughs> I, I have to share my screen with you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The, the spray uh, chicken pox. Look at where they're hitting the ball off them. Can you see? Are we sharing? Uh, you haven't shared your screen yet. Oh, there it is. Look. Oh, my. For our dear listener. <laughs> it's everywhere. 
Yeah, the league average exit velocity is 87.7, and that's everything. That's your 168-mile-an-hour Shohei bombs to your bunt singles or accidental bunts. Nick Pavetta is averaging two miles an hour higher than the league average, which means people are pounding the baseball. This spray chart right here that Tom is sharing his screen with me looks like something you would plot out if you were trying to plan your season of hitting. Jesus. That's like when a, like they showed Ichiro's 3,000 hits. It's like, <laughs> yeah, he just hit it everywhere. Yeah. But that's everyone against Pavetta. Line to line. Lefties um, and the righties. <laughs> yeah, I'm just nervous that he's just going to, I don't know, regress back to what he is and was. And then... Yeah. Okay. Okay, pink hats, block your ears. <sighs> Kike Hernandez is a lifetime 240 hitter. Okay, here we go. Tommy, yeah, let's go. Let's get into it. He has a career OBP of 317. Mm -hmm. Last year, he had this great year. He had a 330-something OBP. I guess you're getting on a third of the time, but that's not stellar leadoff man shit. I see the thing is is he was fine and the team was rolling and then he got super hot in the playoffs and he mm -hmm. was like the hottest player. He was incredible. He was incredible in the playoffs. But his K rate last year dropped below 20% for the first time in his career. Guess where it is now? 21%. It's back up. Mm -hmm. I, I just, you have, I'm mind blown. I feel like the one good thing in a shitty situation that Ron Renicki did was put Verdugo at leadoff. Mm -hmm. Verdugo to me is a great He's just like, I'll slap the ball to fucking left field and leg out a double, or I'll pull the shit out of it at Yankee Stadium for a home run. I just like Verdugo in the leadoff, because then you can go, if you want to go left-right, Verdugo, Bogarts, Devers, Story or Martinez, four and five. There you go. I, I think my bold prediction, which I guess we should have done in the last episode, and maybe I did. I don't really remember. I just think Kike is going to kind of fall back. Yeah, I don't know what he's going to fall back to because outside of October last year, I thought Kike Hernandez was the most pedestrian member of that offense. Uh, he is 100% not a leadoff hitter. He's a very exciting player who can get hot and hit oodles of extra base hits um i don't even think he's that great of a center fielder and he's certainly not a better center fielder than jackie bradley jr um i i don't see how he can't have a bad year or a, a worse year than last year um unless he has a three-week stretch where every other at bat he's cranking out a three-run double uh but i just don't see that happening for a multitude of reasons. Uh, one, I think he's trying to do that every time he's up. Uh, and it looks like it. He's trying to hit a home run every time he's up. It, it's almost, it's almost like clockwork. That's somebody can gas a high nineties fastball by Kike Hernandez on the first pitch. Cause he is trying a full uppercut swing to hit a home run. Yeah. I mean, he batted. I know this is people don't care about this anymore, but he, he batted 250 last year. You know That's what we not... hear? We hear at the Never Worst Baseball Night podcast do care about batting average. So stick that up your pipe. I just, I mean, if I may, if, if you may indulge me, he. I thought we were going to get another spray chat. No, no, <laughs> no. But his, his full time, his career has, I don't know. It's so strange. When he's played a full season, and this, I mean, 2020, you can, everything lines up within his averages, so I don't, I don't know. His WRC plus, I guess it was 110 last year. That's 10% better than average. I don't know. I, all I'm saying is, 
it's nice to have Rafi Devers hitting right behind you. So if you get on, then you score a run. Yeah. And if you flipped, the lineup was, they were really good last year. So when the eight and nine guys are hitting pretty well, it looks good. You come up, you get a single, you get a double, you get a couple RBI. I don't know. I, I just haven't been a Kike Hernandez guy, and I remember that since the moment he got two fired up in the 2020 World Series and did a forearm bump with Cody Bellinger and took his arm out of his socket. I don't know if you remember that, but that's Mm -hmm. what he did that. I was like, this guy is just too much. And then on the Red Sox the next year, and I'm like, and you're going to have him lead off. Yeah, I mean, he's a Cora guy. He's an Alex Cora guy. Plain and simple. Is he a Cora guy or is he a high and bloom I'm versatile, so now I get rid of Mookie Betts and I don't think I don't think well, I don't think that uh, Kike. uh, What 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 do you mean versatility? He plays center field and bats leadoff. There is no versatility. He's not playing second. He's not. I'm just saying he was signed because of versatility. That's what they said, which is bullshit because they said because their plan was to bat him first and have him play center field. Yeah. Oh, well, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's versatility. I think people say that with versatility and then you guys get guys like Christian Arroyo playing right field. It's not versatility. It's Alex Cora said, you're playing right field today. And he said, yeah, all right. I've taken, I've taken some reps in Florida. Yeah. I'm just saying like he was, I feel like he was signed because of I feel ability, like that's but... that's big Red Sox wanting you to believe that he was signed because maybe he'll play second or center field or excuse me second base one day but I he's never going to he's their center fielder All right are there any I mean I feel like we agree that a trend we think will continue is Devers being awesome and Bogarts being awesome yeah, unfortunately, a trend that's also going to continue is they still don't have extensions. Yeah. I get, like, the one silver lining I think about is Devers is still arbitration eligible, and there's a shit ton of money coming off the books. So I'm just mm. like, maybe they're just waiting. They'll And then they'll save money. They'll be like, okay, let's agree to a $13 million arbitration this year, and then next year the big thing kicks in. So I'm keeping my, my hopes high there probably gonna crush me yeah Um, i hope it doesn't crush us because uh pretty he's been pretty great this year expectedly one last thing on the red Sox we can touch on and then we'll go to a quick break and talk about some league-wide stuff so last night wednesday night april 20th um was the jerry remy Mm. tribute pre-game Today, Thursday, April 21st, we we on the East Coast here wake up to a tweet from Don Orsillo saying the Red Sox said I could they asked me to contribute a video and then they told me my video was no longer needed and he posted what the video was going to say. I saw some reporters, Red Sox beat guys saying I've put in a word with both Nesson and Red Sox ownership to see what's going on. Sam Kennedy was like, we asked a lot of people, a lot of great people in from the past and everything to contribute to this wonderful night and all this shit totally danced around it. So I have, I have two theories, but I want to know if you have any about why Orsillo was omitted. Well, did Sam Kennedy say that anybody else was omitted? No, he danced around the whole thing. Yeah. So if you ask all of these great people to do this beautiful tribute to the voice of your team, uh, and then one person is cut from that, and that happens to be the guy who your fan base was pretty um, vocal about not wanting to lose when it was announced you were losing him, uh it seems very fishy, um, but overall, it just seems like sad for Jerry Remy. In, in the in the grand scheme of things, if you ask everybody to contribute to this 
touching tribute about a about Jerry Remy, why not use all the people you've asked? What I don't understand. You're in charge of scheduling it. Why don't you just schedule it according to the length of everybody wanting to pay tribute to him? So that's where I am. Just straight up confusion as to why it would happen. Yeah. Uh, it's ridiculous. And so now I'm, I just looked it up on Twitter and some, I don't know, Chad Finn of the globe says this one. I ju- this actually just seems made up said that, uh, Orsillo didn't get it to him in time. Um, Gordon Ede said he asked Sam Kennedy if he regretted not using Don Orsillo's video, and he just said no. That he thought the club appropriately uh, celebrated his life. And then June Lee said now the Red Sox um, are saying there was a miscommunication. Hmm. I have two theories. Tell me what you think. Number one is hold on, I wrote it down. Uh someone with it in the Red Sox organization or Nesson has some grudge against them and that's why he was kicked out the door. That's why he j- he the worst part of this whole story for me is goes back to when he was fired was Dave O'Brien told him said to him, "Oh, I hear you're not coming back next year." in the elevator going up before a game and Don Orsillo hadn't been told yet, but his replacement had. Mm-hmm. And then, but anyway, so someone I feel like has a grudge, something. The other one is probably the more likely one over the last seven years. The ownership and stuff is like, okay, behind closed doors. We did that wrong. We handled that wrong. We didn't do it. We can never f- bring it to the light of day again. We cannot face our mistake. Mm-hmm. Like we are not letting people, we can't remind them, but unfortunately for them, Red Sox boob grab, the pizza and Jerry losing a tooth all happened with Don Orsillo. And those are world-class videos. Mm-hmm. But I think the Red Sox ownership is like, no, no Orsillo. We fucked this up and we don't want to admit it. I, I 100% that think that they will never in 1 million years say, oh, we made a mistake about how we handled the Don Orsillo thing until Sam Kennedy needs to sell a book when he's in his 70s. Like something along those lines. I I, I, abs- I would have to imagine, I don't know anything about a grudge or anything at Nesson, but I do not think that the Red Sox handled it well for whatever reason, and I'm sure they have their own reasons. Uh but no, they didn't handle it well, but I agree with you 100% that they do not want... He is persona non grata there, where they're like, don't mention him, don't talk about him. If you hear his name come up in a highlight, you'll just say, man, do I miss Jerry Remy. Like, it's it's that type of crap. Like, absolutely. I don't... Because it's so petty, especially when the guy's real-life friend just passed away. So... It, yeah, like you said earlier, it, that's the worst part. Is like, if there was like a banquet for Jerry Remy, he would say, oh, "Well, I want Don Orsillo there, or I'm not doing it." Mm-hmm. You know. Another thing I saw, I saw a um, Instagram post that was like, "Look, all the like the history of sideline reporters that worked with Jerry." I was like, "Well." Hazel May is not there, and neither was um, Jamie Airdall. I was like, yeah. what, what is this? You can't post Nesson's this. weird, kind of, man. It's just stupid. <laughs> it's, you, people, people don't forget. Catherine Tappan wasn't there, and we know why. She slept with John Farrell. That's, oh, my God. Meanwhile. Disney World, Tom. You can't be there. You can't, you can't have this uh, successful of a franchise, and have Disney World for uh, overrated sports viewing. Um, yeah. I don't think – and Jenny Dell and Will Middlebrooks are married yep. now. They got married, where, yeah. where do you think they met? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? I don't know. 
Anyways, um, <laughs> we can take a break, and we there are like we can quickly touch on three kind of crazy things that have happened. Well, now four because something crazy happened this afternoon, <laughs> uh, in baseball. But we'll be right back. Okay, Jack. I'm gonna I'm gonna set us up here. I'm gonna I feel like I'm gonna let you go for a little bit. Um, <laughs> last week, Clayton Kershaw was mm-hmm. pulled after seven innings and 80 pitches of perfect game, where he had 13 strikeouts. And again, pulled 80 pitches, perfect game. And uh, the floor is yours. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Uh as my brother and somebody who's talked baseball with me. Um, Could I hold on? Could I just I really want to paint a picture here. I'm sorry. I will clear the floor. You are possibly the biggest Kershaw fan that mm-hmm. is not related to him or like a Dodger fan. Yeah, you, quite possibly. I, I mean, this just happens with certain players. You just kind of fall in love with them. And Kershaw for the longest time has been your guy, even making a terrible fantasy trade, trading away Mike Trout for Clayton Kershaw once. Terrible. And mm. the floor is yours. Thank you. Um, Clayton Kershaw has a no-hitter. Clayton Kershaw has won a World Series. Clayton Kershaw, maybe, maybe, with the exception of Justin Verlander, is the best pitcher of his generation. Clayton Kershaw has never pitched a perfect game. There have only been 23 perfect games ever thrown in the history of Major League Baseball. Dave Roberts has not thrown a perfect game either. Um, Clayton Kershaw was removed uh, in his first start of the year after throwing 80 pitches, striking out 13 batters, and allowing zero base runners for a perfect game. He was pulled, and the reason given uh, was Dave Roberts isn't there to manage for the fans. He's managed. He's there to win baseball games. I believe they were up six to nothing at the point at the time. So the game was not in question to win. It's the LA Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw is perfect and he's rolling. Um, so I don't understand how Dave Roberts can justify saying that he's doing this for the future of his team when it's so early. And I mean, the pitch count while, er, while early in the year is not really an issue at 80 pitches. So explain to me how you can take Clayton Kershaw out of this game, a guy who's been hurt probably every single year of his career for some time at a, uh, or another uh, and miss some time in, in a season, uh, probably every year of his career, how you're going to now pre-plan for his injury to take him out of his perfect game 23 in the history of baseball, over 2,700 games, I think. Um, 20, excuse me, 275,000 games, not 2,700 games. That just, it, I just heard it and I was like, what? <laughs> um, and for a guy who is up there with one of the greatest pitchers in his franchise's history, which is amazing considering he plays for and has played for the LA Dodgers his entire career, how you can take him out of a game that would legitimately etch his name in in baseball immortality, I believe is the famous call um, to do that in April and then get back in the clubhouse and pussyfoot your way to, uh, you know, I'm out here to try to win a game. You are the manager of the LA Dodgers who I know injuries can happen you are by far the favorites to win the world series in four games, let alone make it there. And you're going to give me some bullshit that Clayton Kershaw can't get 25 more pitches in an attempt to pitch two more perfect innings in a game where he looked more than capable of doing so. Go fuck yourself, Dave Roberts, you big brained asshole. Thank you for your steal. This is the epitome of managers in baseball thinking they are so much fucking smarter than baseball fans and baseball players. Cause guess what? Clayton Kershaw doesn't want to come out of that game. 
any pitcher, even my least favorite pitcher in the major leagues, Mr. Problems, Garrett Cole, could have 80 pitches, seven through seven innings into a perfect game with 13 strikeouts. And he would rather throw the ball through Aaron Boone's head than come out of a fucking game. Absolute horseshit. Dave Roberts, boo. Boo to you. So do you think Kershaw afterwards saying it was time my slider was shit? He didn't say shit. My slider was bad and all that stuff was him just like deflecting it and just being because he, he is like a super good guy. Do you think he was just like, no, 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 that was, yeah. it was the time was right. Or do you think he really no. like, so you don't, I don't think, think he... Clayton Kershaw thinks the time was right. I think Clayton Kershaw heard, Hey, we're going to pull you. And his immediate thought was of the game out of the game. That would have been his question. I mean, at that point, so let's just stick on it. Stick with me for a second, Tom. You're in the Dodgers dugout. Clayton Kershaw walks to the dugout, seventh inning. Nobody's talking to him. Hmm. Nobody's breaking that unwritten rule of trying to mess with a guy in a perfect game or go talk to him or anybody, right? That's just something you've heard about in baseball history. You don't yeah. screw with a guy when he's in his perfect game or his no hitter. So, out of all of that, the entire 26 guys can't be thinking, except for apparently the one who was warming in the bullpen, can't be thinking that Dave Roberts is just going to go over there and the first thing this is going to hear after his perfect game has been thrown for seven innings is, all right, we're pulling you. What the fuck is that? I I don't know. So today, different scenario and everything. Today, Kevin Gosman was dominating the Red Sox, and he went out. He pitched eight innings, went out to the ninth, let up a single, and they went and got him. Why not let him throw that 81st pitch, and if it's ripped into the – they were also at like 7 nothing. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I don't I don't know. It's just uh, a bummer because – Yeah, because you now it's it... – <laughs> What I'm going to like is – his inevitable IL stint. There's going to be some great, some great tweets, some great, some great takes about. Man, maybe you should have pulled him after the sixth. Maybe you shouldn't have pitched him. Maybe he's his first appearance should have just been in the playoffs. Well, that's <laughs> right. What is so? If he doesn't get hurt. Is Dave Roberts going to take credit for Clayton Kershaw staying healthy because he didn't finish his perfect game in the first week of April? Or the first weekend of the season, excuse me? Like, that, it's mind-boggling <laughs> that he can interject himself in baseball history so much because he wanted to. Yeah, it's strange. His, like... His persona, his like following analytics, his whole shit is like we it's kind of it's annoying. And then he gets like defensive about it. I don't know. Again, like you said, really the steal was great. Um but yeah. And I guess that segues perfectly into Joe Madden walking Corey Seeger with the bases loaded. While they were losing in a game that I'm not going to get too fired up about because I don't I think my feelings on Joe Madden is he is if you needed a face to say we need somebody who's smarter than everybody else or thinks they're smarter than everybody else. It would be Joe Madden and his stupid glasses. Um, But yeah, he walked Corey Seager. He was down by one run with the bases loaded. He walked Corey Seager to put himself down by two runs. Mm-hmm. I think a batter or two later, there was a two-run single, so he was then down by four runs. He was playing the Texas Rangers, which are just an awful baseball team, so they coughed up that lead. And again, at the end of the day, he was able to justify justify it by saying, we won the game. It was the right move at the time. I'm here to tell you, no, it was not. It was not the right move. Yeah, I just I wrote down in my notes, 
I'm just annoyed they won. Yeah, I, and I exactly. I really exactly. Like Shohei you have Otani Shohei Otani. You have Otani, and I believe it was Mike Trout bail you out in that game. Yeah the the best part is the video of Mike Trout his actual his, his in the moment reaction. Because I bet it was, hey, I'm better than Corey Seager. Hey, wait, what? <laughs> right. That's I'm better. Yes. That's the other thing. Like, Corey Seager is going to go down as one of those guys. I guarantee this. It's like He's not going to live up to the money he's getting paid ever. He's, he's not going to live up to that money. He had a super hot, shortened season run on a neutral field to the World Series. He's fine. But he's just, he's good. He's a he's good fine. shortstop. Yeah. He's, he's a good shortstop. Do Josh I want him Hamilton as my, I don't, a, I, I don't want him as my shortstop. I wouldn't no. rather have him than uh, Bogarts. J- Josh Hamilton was the last person to get walked with the bases loaded. And for like three years, he was Roy Hobbs. And Do you know which manager? Walked? I was just going to say this. It was, mm. it was Joe Madden. Yeah, it sure was. And then. Barry Bonds got walked with the bases loaded. But By Buck Showalter. He was the real-life Roy Hobbs. He actually mm-hmm. was Roy Hobbs. Well, yeah, you could say – you could compare it like this. For a three-year stretch, Josh Hamilton was playing close to peak Barry Bonds. Um, I don't think at any point in his career ever anybody will ever compare Corey Seager to Barry Bonds. No. Other than this right here now, good good for you, Joe Madden. Another manager just changing baseball history because they want to. All right. And then did you see the unwritten rules nonsense between the uh, – Yeah, the Giants and the Padres. Well, that Padres. I couldn't think of the other team. Giants and the Padres. A guy bunted and a guy stole a base up by a lot. Mm-hmm. Um. Fucking deal. This is it is my... a big fucking deal, especially for the guys two years ago who are all upset because people were getting shit on them for swinging three zero at a uh, a bases loaded count and and hitting a grand slam. Yeah, uh, it's just BFD. oh my god. There's so much bullshit. I get that every team is upset when you're losing by a bunch of runs and then they start runners, but I actually didn't hate what Kapler said after. No, when he's like, if down, we yeah. don't want people to steal against us, we defend against the steal. And if we don't want people to bunt, I'll pull in my infielders. Like it's a, it's a great quote. It's it's almost true. Like I I saw someone else point out the guy that stole and the guy that dropped the bunt down. It they're not Brandon Crawford and Brandon Belt. They're not they're not like secure in their spot. Yeah. So if they can make shit happen and produce runs it's like hey keep him around they're middling like major league players yeah they're not like established or higher caliber players so again i think unfortunately that that kind of is like a rash in baseball where it goes around so much like it's the brian mccann like Oh, you're pissed that a guy hit a 450-foot home run off you. Call a better pitch. Like, shit like that. Like, or make uh, a better pitch. Uh, yeah, yeah, execute one, yeah. And then, now this one's interesting. Did you see last night, all right, and sure for did. everyone listening, Wednesday the 20th, someone tried to bunt to break up Shohei Otani's perfect oh, game? no, I thought Attempt. you were going to talk about what happened today. Uh, no, I did not see that, but... That one is a little I'm, tricky for me. I'm iffy on that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, okay, make the play on the bunt. But also, maybe grow a pair and swing the bat. Yeah, unfortunately. And this is somebody I'm not going to quote often on this show. I'm going to have to agree with Kurt Schilling and say that's a pretty chicken shit thing to do. Oh, don't worry. That was Bob Brenly. Oh, good. Okay. That was the manager, yeah. Okay. Um, I like Bob Brenly. So, so as yeah, someone, I think it's a chicken shit thing to do. Um, and as somebody who was playing second base as a perfect game was broken up with a bunt down the third baseline, uh, I can I can tell you 
that that is a real, real soft thing to do on a baseball field. If you want to break up a perfect game, hit a fucking single. Was that in the show? <laughs> no. Couldn't resist it. Um, don't you remember the West Boylston Yankees? Like one through nine bunted against me in Little League? It was the most annoying thing. You came out of the snack chat one time and started screaming at the other coach because I was the kid that threw hard in the league, so they bunted. That puts me at, like, what, 12? Pick no, fights with I adults? was 12, so you were, what, 15? 14? 14, yeah. 15, yeah. That tracks. <laughs> you just um, hear my Kershaw rant? Of course that tracks. Let's see. Let's talk about let's talk about our favorite our favorite AL East manager. Uh again, just changing some changing the course of history because they needed their precious wins that again they didn't get. Yeah, so Miguel Cabrera at home today. Has- by the time he records, by the time we next record this uh, podcast, by the way, congratulations to Miguel Cabrera, who will most likely get his 3,000th hit. Yeah, so he's at 2,999, and the Yankees walked him in a, in Runners a on second game. and third. And two then nothing. two runs came in. It was a 2 nothing game, and one run came oh. in. But yeah, they just walked him to get to the next guy, and the next guy he met, the ne- with, met the pitcher with a... Base hit to left field. Lefty, lefty, Jack. You got to play the percentages. Mm. God, you know, it's, it's interesting. Being a manager, other than, honestly, other than Joe Madden in this situation, because I think he's, he's so kooky. Um, it must be like just a, I'm going to eat shit job, because I wonder how many times it's coming from like the front office where it's like, hey, we're doing this. If a base is open and it's lefty-righty and the next guy's a lefty, I don't care if you're walking like Kike Hernandez to get to Rafael Devers, you're doing it because we like that percentage. And then mm-hmm. the manager's just like has to sit there and take the stupid questions because the second guy got a hit. I bet it's a, I bet it's a little bit of both. I bet it's, it works both ways in that regard. However, in this scenario... I'm going to go out on the skinniest of limbs and say that Brian Cashman did not tell Aaron Boone to walk Miguel Cabrera this afternoon. No, I'm sure he didn't. I'm going to tell that was all by the head penis in charge of the New York Yankees, Aaron Boone. Well, luckily, the weekend series against the Rockies is at home, so (laughs) he should be able to do it. It yeah, no, I, th- he... I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to do it this weekend. I might do it on Friday night. No, Probably yeah, I'm just saying it would have yeah. sucked if they went to Colorado like, and played in Colorado tomorrow and his first time up, he singled. Yeah, they did that with his 500th home run where they tried to bench him so yeah. it could happen in Detroit, and it was it kind of blew up in their face, which is, again, that's kind of like just saying, like, hey, Tigers, if you thought winning baseball games was fun, how about watching a guy break a milestone? Yeah. But well, uh, yeah, now... I would say I would say that everybody gets an F except for maybe Gabe Kapler. In that, Dave Roberts, Joe Madden, uh, the Padres for bitching, and Aaron Boone, and whoever tried to bunt against Shohei Otani. Yeah. But maybe now that he's one away and it's not the middle of the day getaway day, getaway day. People, people of Detroit will, like, will come see to... him. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that happens too, Tom. I hope it's sold out all weekend. He he deserves it. Uh, Um, And speaking of that, that is a perfect way to end because I wanted to leave you with one little tidbit and the Oakland Athletics attendance on Wednesday night was 2,703 people. mm -hmm. 2,703. Fuck you, Billy Bean. 2,000. That's like an unfathomably low... Like... When I was I was watching the game on MLB tonight, uh, and I was watching the live look in, and Harold Reynolds says, "Oh my God, Cal State Fullerton gets more people than that," and he was right. I remember the last year the Ash, or Expos, they're showing. Oh, and today's attendance was six thousand. That's three almost three times as much. 
to a dying franchise that nobody in the country cared about. Right. That's what happens when you spend exactly $0 in the offseason to make your baseball team better. Well, that will do it. Again, I think we always end on a on a happy note, so we'll end with that one. Actually, we always end with you pissed at the A's, so I guess that will be our theme this whole year. But, Jack, I will uh, talk to you next week. Bye, Tom. <laughs>